0: This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, October 11th, 2020. Joseph Unswayed.
1: Well, good morning, Connection Church. In all of our locations, all over the place, here and there, everywhere, good to see you. Good to be together as we praise and worship our Lord and Savior, and as we look into more closely God's word this morning. Today is part two of our this month series called Joseph," where we're looking closely at the life of this godly man who we find in the first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis. Um, last week we focused on how Joseph was betrayed. This morning, we're going to look at how he was unswayed.
0: Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones.
1: I'm Alan Jones. And
0: we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for joining us right here at 4744. We're filling up the house. We're excited about that. Some of you we haven't seen for seven months in person, and it is just an honor to to reconnect again in person. We also have a lot of you joining us virtually. Wow, 55 households that I can see on Facebook and there are more on YouTube. We are one church, many locations. want to give a shout out to Ted and Lori and Dot and Paul and Courtney and Kathy and Brian and Susan and Karen and Mary and Sheila and Don and I could go on. And on, but I want you to know, and I want you to know that we are all together as the family of God. As we begin to share our message, I'd like to just open us up with prayer. Would you bow your heads wherever you're at? Almighty God, thank you so much for today. It's a day that we get to dive in a little bit more into this man named Joseph. He's a great role model for us. And so help us listen, open our hearts, apply what we hear found in Scripture to our lives, help remove any distractions so that we can have a laser focus on you. We pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody agreed and said, Amen. Amen. And so last week, we started our series on Joseph. He is a very interesting guy. As Alan said, he's found in Genesis. And Joseph is the 11th of 12 sons born to a man named Jacob. Jacob, you know, I am climbing Jacob's ladder, that Jacob. And Jacob was also known as Israel. Not um, the father of the nation of the same name. And so Joseph was his daddy's favorite. We talked about this last week. And his dad made him this beautiful gown, this coat of many colors. His brothers were jealous, of course. And so they sold him into slavery to some foreign traders that were passing through. Joseph ended up in Egypt. Now, once he got to Egypt, he was sold again, this time to the captain of Pharaoh's guard. His name was Potiphar. Say Potiphar. Potiphar. Do you know anybody named Potiphar? No, not a name that we use today. And so we're going to pick up where we left off from
1: last week. And so this is uh, Genesis 39 Starting at verse 2, run through verse 6A. The Lord was with Joseph, so that he prospered, and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. And when his master saw that Joseph was, excuse me, saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household, and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household of all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything, boy they really want us to know this don't they, everything Potiphar had both in the house and in the field. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care. With Joseph in charge he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Wow.
0: Everything seems to be a key word there. Last week, we said that after Joseph was sold into slavery, he had a decision to make about how he would handle that. Joseph could have been bitter, but he chose better. Bitter or better? He did not allow his situation to undermine his motivation and we're told that the Lord was with Joseph now on the flip side Joseph was focused on God so you know if the Lord is with us which the Lord is with us all the time if we don't acknowledge that you know that's not good but Joseph realized it and Joseph prospered everything he touched turned to gold do you know anything anybody like that Everything, and that's like, really? Anyway, (laughs) his master Potiphar recognized that God was with Joseph, and God gave Joseph success in everything he did. And even though as an Egyptian, it's very likely that Potiphar did not believe in Joseph's God, he still recognized something supernatural. And so Potiphar put Joseph in charge of, Everything, his entire household, everything he had, and he was blessed. Potiphar was blessed because of Joseph. He trusted Joseph so much that he concerned himself only with the food he ate. I think that's kind of interesting. You're in charge of everything except what I eat. Anyway, Joseph was in charge of everything else.
1: Can you even begin to imagine... Some, someone having that much trust in you. Especially someone who just recently met you. I mean, Potiphar hasn't known Joseph that long. Someone to whom you are a foreigner. <laughs> someone who purchased you from someone else. Now, here's the really wild part. Potiphar recognizes that the Lord is with Joseph, even though it's not the God that he worships. It's incredible, isn't it, when you think about it? It's kind of mind-blowing. But that's the situation here as a result of God's blessing through Joseph and Joseph's love of God.
0: Now Joseph was well-built and handsome. And after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, Come to bed with me. But he refused. he refused to go to bed with her or even
1: be with her. She was relentless, wasn't she? Though Joseph here is a triple threat, (laughs) not just smart and God-fearing, but good-looking as well. As it says here, well-built and handsome. That's what scripture says, well-built and handsome. And Potiphar's wife not only takes notice, but she wants to also take advantage. (laughs) You know, earlier we're told that that Potiphar put Joseph in charge of everything that everything so the only thing he concerned himself was the food he ate. perhaps he should have been a little bit more concerned with the woman he was traveling through life with. <laughs> um, in her defense in her defense, if there's any defense, in her defense, it's, tough to, it's a tough combination to be rich, bored and ignored. Rich, bored and ignored. Whatever her reasons, though, Miss Potiphar set her sights on young Joseph. And she fully intended to embrace the opportunity, literally. (laughs) But, here's the but. But Joseph was loyal. Joseph was faithful. He recognized that his boss, Mr. P., had withheld nothing from him except just one thing, and that was his wife, Mrs. P., and Joseph was not going to take advantage of his position, his own position, of Potiphar's trust, or even of Mrs. P's a constant, persistent advances. Day after day, she pursued, and day after day, he refused. He was, our word of the day is, unswayed. Say unswayed. unswayed. At home, say unswayed. Very good, very good, I can hear you. That's what you call Character. Not a character, that's what you call character. He has character. He has moral excellence. That's Joseph.
0: One day he went into the house to attend to his duties and none of the household servants and the household servants were inside. She caught him by his cloak and said, come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. When she saw that he had left his cloak in her hand and had run out of the house, she called her household servants. Look, she said to them, this Hebrew has been brought to us to make sport of us. Now that's an interesting way of putting it. He came in here to sleep with me, but I screamed. When he heard me scream for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house.
1: She's relentless, isn't she? Can I hear it? Say relentless. At home, type in relentless. I mean, this is a key word, relentless. She is absolutely relentless. It appears that, that she's used to getting what she wants, right? It would seem that from what, from what her approach is. She's used to getting her way, and she thinks that's how it's going to be in this case if she's persistent. But Joseph is just persist- as persistent as she is. And he doesn't cave in. He's unswayed. Say one unswayed. Unswayed. And he's unswayed by her advances. Can you imagine the look on her face when she's left not with Joseph in her bed, but merely his cloak in her hand? That must have been some expression on her face. As he runs out of the house, I guess, in just his underwear. I don't know. Doesn't tell us. How humiliating. Absolutely humiliating, that must have been for this woman in her position, a woman used to getting what she wants, a woman on a mission, humiliating enough that she decides to do something about it. So, so rather than quietly letting the matter rest and setting her sights on another target for her attention and affection, she chooses to call all the household servants together and to accuse Joseph of attempting to do with her what she's been repeatedly attempting to do with him. <laughs> Showing them the cloak she's holding, the result of his quick exit. This gal, something, isn't she? <laughs> yeah.
0: So Alan, relentless. Dr. Fran, Andrea, Donna, Dave, Lindsay, Zane have all typed all in. All right. Relentless. relentless. <laughs> Her humiliation, Mrs. P's humiliation, must have been off the charts. I mean, can you imagine? And scripture tells us that she kept Joseph's cloak beside her until her husband got home. Here we go, picking it up at verse 17. Then she told him this story. That Hebrew slave you brought us came to me to make sport of me. But as soon as I screamed for help, he left his cloak beside me and ran out of the house. When his master heard the story, his wife told him, saying, this is how your slave treated me, he burned with anger. Joseph's Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined.
1: Mm. So this gets even better, doesn't it? She is now shifting the blame for her humiliation, at least partly, onto her husband. That Hebrew slave, you brought us, reminds us back in the garden. Remember when, when, when they have to fess up for eating the fruit and, 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 and Adam says, that woman you gave me. And then she says, that serpent, you know, we like to pass the buck, don't we? Say pass the buck. Pass the buck. If, if you have ever passed the buck, don't, don't have a hand raised. In won't. your head, give me a thumbs up. Just in your in head. In your head. At home, in your head, give me a thumbs up if you've ever, because I know I have. I've Carrie's been responsible for more than I can even begin to tell you this morning. It uh, <laughs> yeah. be an
0: interesting day with that comment.
1: <laughs> you know what I'm getting at here, right? I, we're all good at that, aren't we? Passing the buck. It's always somebody else's fault. And so she's going to make Joseph pay for not giving her what she wants, Um, and and, and she's going to see to it that her husband does the dirty work, and it works. Potiphar chooses to believe his wife even though what she accuses Joseph of is completely out of character, at least of what Potiphar's seen so far, completely contrary to what Potiphar should believe from from his association with him. But what choice does he really have, huh? I mean, it's his wife. The other choice would be to call her a liar. And it appears that he either doesn't have enough evidence or enough guts to do that. Wow.
0: So Mrs. P went out of her way to make...
1: Hello? (laughs) Really? I thought I had it off. Sorry, guys airplane mode. Thank you. So, (laughs) Mrs. P. Somebody was trying to call in and add a comment. Just type it in. Just type it in.
0: (laughs) Mrs. P. went out of her way to make Joseph pay for her feelings of humiliation, resulting in his rejection of her advances and and pay he does. Prison. He goes to prison. He's falsely accused and he goes to prison and unfortunately that is something that still happens today. Our prisons are full of people who are falsely accused. Doesn't it just break your heart when we see these stories of someone getting out of prison 20, 30, 40 years later after they found some Some evidence that he or she did not commit the crime. It is heartbreaking. Now, in the case of Joseph, and you know what? We need to, I want to go back to that. We just have to be advocates and be a voice for the oppressed, the least, the last, and the lost. That's what Jesus would want for us to do. Well, in the case of Joseph, not only he, d- didn't he, he didn't do it, he was put in prison by the very person that his being loyal to, Potiphar, his master, the one who gave him stewardship over everything, the one whose household was, was under his care. Here it was that very man that all of a sudden uh, didn't believe. In Joseph. Mm-hmm. Joseph did end up doing time, having not only not done mm-hmm. the crime, but actually Joseph worked overtime to make sure that things were above board in the household.
1: Mm-hmm. And you have to wonder when you read this, where's God in all this? I thought God looked favorably on Joseph. That's what we read earlier in the story, right? He was like... God's fair-haired boy here. The Lord's with Joseph giving access (coughs) in virtually everything he touched. And then this. What did Joseph do to deserve this? Why does it appear that God has turned God's back on Joseph? You know, you do what is right, and yet you not only don't get rewarded, but you somehow pay a price for it. We've been there before. Maybe you have. And you have to wonder, God, where are you? What's the deal, Lord? Why am I being penalized for doing what is right? Why aren't you sticking up for me? Working for me, helping me, Lord? Lord, where are you in my time of need? So we have some people helping us
0: write our sermon today. <laughs> Brian, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. Amen
1: that, brother. Yeah.
0: Well, maybe you've been there. Maybe um, you've been wondering, Lord, where are you in my time of need? Maybe you've been in a place where, where you needed to be unswayed. It's hard. It can be a challenge. It can be a challenge to do what's right. It can be a challenge to stay faithful. It can be a challenge to remain loyal, to be a person of character, to be a person of strong conviction. It can actually be costly at times. Maybe you work in a place where it's a do whatever it takes kind of attitude, but not in a positive way. Maybe if it even crosses a line, where a boss encourages you to maybe be a little dishonest, um, stretching the truth. Let me put it that way. Stretching the truth where, gosh, we are faced with all kinds of decisions in the places where we work. So we have a choice. Do we live by our Christian convictions or do we step into that murky area? Maybe there's someone trying to seduce you. I'm thinking um, in the regard of maybe somebody saying, oh, you'll have more happiness with me than here with that person. Maybe it's causing some temptation. Maybe there are some friends at school, if you're in school, um, who are encouraging you to do some things that, you know, just aren't right to engage in some activities that are risky, that are dangerous. And maybe saying no would have somebody make fun of you. Maybe you'd lose some friendships. That's true for adults, too, where we run the risk of losing friendships if we say, I just, no, no. Doing the right thing is not always easy. It's not easy, and it can be costly. And if we're God followers, sometimes, sometimes we say, okay, Lord, I'm doing the right thing. Where are you? I'm feeling really alone. Where are you?
1: And the tough part for us is this at times. Just because we trust in the Lord, it doesn't mean that we're not going to experience some challenges in our lives. It doesn't mean we won't be tempted falsely accused, taken advantage of, or maybe even pushed to the point where, in the one case where your job wanted you to push the edge, where you might lose your job if you're not willing to go along. It doesn't mean that good deeds will always be rewarded. Sometimes, in fact, we pay for doing what is right. Remember the expression, no good deed (laughs) goes unpunished. (laughs) Just because we are God-fearing, Jesus-loving, Holy Spirit-claiming believers— It doesn't mean that that everything is going to always be peachy. Can I get an amen? amen? Home, amen, amen, amen. That is never promised, though. This book, I've read it. I'm in the process of reading it cover to cover first time. I'm just a bit close to getting done the Old Testament. So far, I have yet to find where it says, Everything's going to be peachy if you trust in me. I, I, I haven't read that yet. And, and from what I have read in the New Testament, most of it, I haven't found that there either. It's, Can it's I just never say promising. something?
0: You said first time reading the cover. I know you've read the Bible cover to cover, but we're doing it in a new way. So I've never yeah. read it
1: cover to cover before. Oh, really? Never. Okay. No. no. I've read like in Disciple Bible Study, we did about 80%, but I've okay. never purposely read cover to cover. There you go. Disclaimer, everybody. But I've read probably most of it here and there. But anyway. Um, uh, You lost my place here. Sorry about that. Um, It's never promised. You read it. And and here's the other thing. Uh, It never tells us all our challenges will miraculously disappear. In fact, as followers of Jesus Christ, truth is we may face more challenges. We may face more challenges, especially when we live in a culture that is not especially Christ-centered. In this culture, it may be tougher being a believer than not.
0: But what we are promised is that God is always with us, no matter what. I am with you always Mm -hmm. to the ends of the earth. That's found in the book of Matthew. We've got to remember that that God is with us to the ends of the earth. We'd love to hear how God has been with you this week. How have you recognized God? How have you experienced God this week and God's promises? You know, no matter what happens, no matter who turns their back on us, no matter what price we pay for doing what is right, God is with us to comfort us, to guide us, to see us through, and God will use our experiences, even our difficult experiences, even our negative experiences. God can use it all for good. That's in the book of Romans. God can use it for his glory and to benefit others. Some of my worst pains and worst uh, really bad things that have happened in my life, I've been able to share with some of you for good. God is with us always, and God never wastes
1: a hurt. Mm. Back to Scripture, Genesis 39, second part of 20, verse 20 to 23. But while Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in the prison, and he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did.
0: Falsely accused, yet unswayed. It reminds us of someone who came years later, and his name is Jesus. Jesus was falsely accused by religious authorities at the time, by the ones who should have been his allies, his supporters. But like Mrs. P, they felt humiliated by Jesus's actions, by his character, and so they had the Romans put Jesus away, not in prison, but hung on a cross to die. And yet Jesus did not let their actions affect his character. He did not allow what they did to undermine what he would do. In Luke chapter 23, verse 34, we read where Jesus spoke to God the Father in reference to those who hung him on a cross to die. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. As they gambled for his garments, Jesus was
1: unswayed. Mm. Son of God was crucified, and yet he was unswayed. He paid with his life, not for what he did, but for what you and I have done. He allowed himself to be the sacrifice, the ultimate and perfect sacrifice for your sins and mine. Not because we can earn it, not because we deserve it, but because he loves us and doesn't want to spend eternity separated from us because of our sin. And like Joseph, Jesus was unswayed doing what was right and paying the price for someone else, what someone else had done. Difference is, Joseph was sent to prison and Jesus went to the cross for you, for me. He died for us to give us the gift of life, eternal life. And all we have to do is accept the gift. All we have to do is accept it. recognizing that we're in sinners in need of a Savior, accepting the gift of forgiveness that Jesus offers. Maybe today is the day.
0: Unswayed. Joseph was unswayed. He stayed true, even when he was put in prison for something that he didn't do. Jesus was unswayed. He stayed true, even when he was hung on a cross to die, for me and for you. What about you? What about you? Can you be unswayed? Can you be true? Can you stay true when you are challenged by things in life that happen? Stay focused on God. His promises are true. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Stay focused on God, the one who created you, the one who breathed life into you, the one who gives us Every breath we take, stay focused and unswayed on our great God whose promise is, I am with you always to the very ends of the earth. Matthew 28, verse 20. His name is great. Where every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. That Jesus Christ is Lord. That's the good news. Let's live it and let's believe it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you. Thank you for your word found in Scripture. Thank you for this example of Joseph. How His character remained unswayed how he did what was right in your sight even though it cost him. Even though he was in prison even though he was falsely accused. Thank you God for your son Jesus. The ultimate example of love in action. God fill us with your Holy Spirit, that we might stand firm in the faith and be true to your call and claim in our lives. God, we thank you and we praise you, your great name. In the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody agreed and said, Amen.